So happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody here. It's nice to see some people wearing green. I myself am half Irish, so it's a big day for me and I'm very excited about it. Uh, it would be nice to be selling the, celebrating this in ordinary time where I could be wearing green vestments, but here we are, we're in Lent and I'm wearing purple. Speaking about Lent, how are you all doing? How are you making it so far this Lent? Have you been allowing Lent to transform you? Are you bringing yourself into alignment with our Lord? Because that's really the purpose of Lent. That's why we give things up during Lent. We give things up to bring ourselves into alignment and to come closer to the Lord. So for myself, I gave up, among some other things, coffee and tea. So every morning when I go to work and I want that coffee, I don't have it, but it makes me think about the Lord. And it makes me think about what am I doing this Lent to draw closer to the Lord. So if you haven't started anything for Lent, it's not too late. You can start now. Or if you maybe have gone off the track a little bit, you can get right back on the track. Lent is a great time for you to give things up and become closer to our Lord, to bring yourself in alignment with Him. Today, in our first reading, we read about God's covenant with Abram. Abram, who later was called Abraham. And Abraham is really a key figure in our salvation history. And, you know, because we have other great figures like Moses, people don't usually think much about Abraham. So let me tell you a little bit about Abraham. He grew up in the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. And when he was 75 years old, the Lord called him to move with his family to the land of Canaan. So imagine that, 75 years old, and he's asked to leave everything that he's known and go to the land of Canaan. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time even thinking about leaving St. Charles where I've lived for 30-some years. I don't know how he would have been able to leave everything behind, but he did. He was obedient to our Lord, to our God, so he and his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot, all started going towards Canaan. And along the way, there was a famine. They had to go down into Egypt and come back. But he made that journey as the Lord had requested. And because Abraham is faithful to the Lord, the Lord promises him children. Now, back then, it was a little bit different than today. Children were seen as a great blessing from the Lord. In fact, it helped you carry on, obviously, your family name, which was very important. But also, the fact that you had children showed that you were blessed by the Lord, that you were doing something right. So if you didn't have children, there was always that question of, what's wrong with Abraham? How come he and Sarah don't have any children? So that was a concern of theirs. It was a weight that they carried. And so the Lord here, because Abraham obeyed, said, I'm going to give you a child. And Abraham's asking, well, how am I going to know that? I'm 75 years old. My wife is old as well. How do I know I'm going to have children? And that's where we pick up today's first reading, because the Lord is creating that covenant 
with Abraham and he's saying I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars and so we see Abraham gathering these animals cutting them in half and then he is sitting there in a trance and then at night it becomes dark and the Lord comes in a pot and a flaming torch and it's right there that the Lord makes a covenant with Abraham that is the covenant that they have together and Abraham continued to be faithful to his covenant. He moved, to, uh, he, he moved as the Lord requested him. He even became circumcised. So if men, if you can think about how hard that would be if you were in your 70s or 80s, uh, but he did that out of obedience to the Lord as well. And he is that first covenant. He is promising obedience on behalf of the Israel people that he was the forefather of. So while Abraham was obedient, the people who came after him were not necessarily obedient. Which brings us to Jesus Christ in today's Gospel reading in the Transfiguration. So as I said, up until now, Israel had been unfaithful, but Jesus is sent as that faithful, obedient servant. He is the fulfillment of the covenant. And as he has been throughout the Gospel of Luke, teaching and healing people, we get to this point where he's now ready to journey to Jerusalem. And he has just told his disciples about his upcoming passion, how he is going to go to Jerusalem, he's going to suffer and die, but rise from the dead. And the apostles are shaken. They're like, wait a second, we've put all of our trust in you. How can you just leave us at this point in time? This is terrible. This is wrong. So the Lord knows that they need some help. They need some encouragement. And that brings us to the transfiguration. It's, pre it's their preparation for the passion. St. Leo the Great, a pope, once said, The great reason for this transfiguration was to remove the scandal of the cross from the hearts of his disciples and to prevent the humiliation of his voluntary suffering from disturbing the faith of those who had witnessed the surpassing glory that lay concealed. The key part is the beginning. The great reason for this transfiguration was to remove the scandal of the cross. And what was the scandal of the cross? Well, it was said in the Old Testament that anybody who died on a cross, on the wood, was a criminal, was not of God. And so that is the way our Lord chose to suffer and die for us. And what he's saying here is, trust me, I am the Lord, I am God, and here is proof of it. So they all walk up the mountain together. And why a mountain? Mountains are significant in the Old Testament because it is where God and man meet. It's where God and man meet. That's where Moses went when he received the Ten Commandments. It's where Elijah went when he went to hear the Lord. It talked about how he was on the mountain and the Lord came in a strong wind and an earthquake, but that wasn't the Lord. The Lord was there in the whisper and the quiet. So the mountain is a significant place where the Lord encounters his people. 
So when he gets to the top of the mountain, we see Moses appear. And why Moses? Moses represents the law, the Torah, given to the Israelite people. And while they were not faithful to that, our Lord Jesus Christ was faithful. Elijah comes. Why is Elijah there? Elijah is the greatest prophet. He, the, the prophets were the ones who called the Israelites to be faithful to the law, faithful to the Old Testament teachings. So we have Moses and Elijah there, and our Lord is transfigured. He becomes dazzling white. That is because he sees God. And we've seen this before. We've seen it when Moses went into the tent after he had received the Ten Commandments, and he would see the Lord and he would come out dazzling white. That was because he was in the presence of God. So our Lord here is in the presence of God and he is dazzling white. That's, that's the greatness, the love, the joy of the Lord. That's what he does to us when we're with him. Now Peter, James, and John, they've fallen asleep like they would again in the Garden of Gethsemane, but they wake up. And they see this happening, and Peter says to the Lord, Lord, let us make three tents. Why is he doing that? Why is he saying that? It's because he wants to stay there. He loves this moment. He, he wants to relish in this great moment. But that's really not what the Lord is called to do. He's called to move to Jerusalem. But Peter wants to tempt him like the Lord was tempted last weekend. Tempted to not fulfill his mission. And the Lord kind of ignores that. No, we're not staying here. We're not going to stay here. We're going to continue on with the mission. And right at that same time, a cloud appears. A cloud comes. And what is that cloud? It's the same cloud and darkness that we had in the first reading when the Lord God came to Abraham and when that covenant was consummated. And the Lord God comes in the cloud and he says, this is my chosen son. Listen to him. That's the affirmation that the apostles needed to hear to realize that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So later on, when they would see him crucified, when they would be doubting, when they would be wondering what were they doing, they could remember this event, how the Lord was on this mountain and God said, you are my beloved son. So fast forward to today. What does all this mean for us? Well, I think the question that we want to ask ourselves is, are we being faithful to the law? The law that Moses gave to the Israelites is also the same law that he gave to us in the Ten, Ten Commandments. Are we being faithful to the law? Are we being faithful to the Beatitudes that our Lord has also taught us? Are we listening to the Son of God? One of the beautiful things about Lent is that it helps us put away some of those distractions that keep us from hearing the Word of God. We have such a busy culture. We have so many things. Cell phones, 
social media, all these things that can distract us and keep us from hearing the Lord. Lent is a good time to put some of those away so that we can hear the Lord in our lives. Are we using this time of Lent to see Christ more clearly in our lives? What is he calling us to do? Each one of us has a calling. We each have a, voca a vocation, either as a single person, a married person, maybe a priest, maybe a deacon, maybe in religious life. Are we hearing that call? Are we responding to that call? Now the Lord gave the disciples the transfiguration for their hope, to give them strength. What gives us strength right now? We have the greatest strength of all every time we come to Mass. The Eucharist, right there. Every time we go to Mass, we receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. We receive those graces that we should need, that we should use to help us see what he wants us to do in our lives. And we have even greater miracles that are out there in terms of Eucharistic miracles. And I would encourage you to maybe Google some of those. Miracles of a host that turns into the body and blood of our Lord, right there. And it's still that way today, whether it be in Lanciano, Italy, or Santorum, Portugal, or places like that. We have that encouragement here to help us too. So during this time of Lent, don't waste this time. Use it. Use it to become closer to God. Use it to get yourself in right alignment so that you're doing what he wants you to do, what he calls you to do. Whether you're a catechumen, whether you're entering into the Catholic Church, that's what he's calling you to do. This is a special time for you folks also. Don't waste these days. Make them worthwhile for you. Bring them into alignment with our Lord Jesus Christ.